You are tuning in to an archived episode of the Tommy's Outdoors Conservation and Science Podcast. After you finish listening to it, why not take a moment to listen to one of the most recent episodes? I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Tommy's Outdoors Podcast. And today with me, Suzanne Bowman. Uh, how are you, Suzanne? I'm doing great. Great to have Always you here. Always am. Great to have you here. Thank you for accepting invite to the podcast. I'm thrilled to be here. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, so you're a known blogger and uh, hill walker, and you're also running uh, hill walking tours. Yes, and photography yeah. tours as well. That's yep. awesome. Maybe maybe I'm just going to let you speak about yourself, <laughs> and you're going to tell our listeners everything that you do. And Okay. Well, I guess the first obvious thing is, is I'm not Irish from birth. I am an Irish citizen. But I'm an American and lived mostly in Austin, Texas, grew up in the Northeast, moved to Austin, Texas when I was about 30. So I spent decades in Austin, which is a real outdoors kind of a place. That was, I was, that was on my mind. Yeah. Like, maybe... Fabulous running, cycling. You know, the hill country of Texas is right near there. It's not a flat desert like some parts of Texas. It's really beautiful and lots of hills to walk around on. And... I guess about four years ago, I was on vacation, traveling around through Europe and doing some hiking and camping, and ended up in Ireland. And while I was here in Killarney, I met a man at the hostel, Neptune's Hostel, and I'm now married to him. Well, that's that's awesome. Yeah. So I now live in Ireland, which was not what I was expecting when I went on a five-week trip to Ireland. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So I suppose this is this is kind of uh, like everybody kind of hears that I'm not, you know, Irish either, <laughs> and I also live in Kerry. I'm not married yet, <laughs> but uh, I, I I love it. Tell me what you what you love so much about Kerry, because oh. because I mean like where clearly, to start? Clearly, Kerry is a special has a special place. Oh, it really does. There's so much about Kerry. One time, an American tourist that I was chatting with in Waterville, where I live said, so what do you do all day besides watch television? Oh, my God. And I said, what? I don't, ha- I don't have a TV. I don't, I don't even have I a TV. I said, television? I said, sometimes I walk out the door before I have my morning coffee and just go for a little stroll. And now I have to keep food in my pocket because I might be gone for five or six hours because <laughs> it's so pretty. You don't want to go back inside. That's Some awesome. days are just absolutely gorgeous. It's a beautiful place. There's hills there's walking there's fresh air i got to ask you that question sir because you like it's it's so fabulous and some days are so fabulous but this is like three of these days in a year or oh may, or nonsense maybe, or maybe it's like <laughs> maybe it's like raining 300 days in a year so. well we say this after saturday which was like the worst rainy day like in the last year yeah but but really if you think about it not every day even when it rains it's not raining all day so it rains and then it clears up and then it rains and then it clears yeah. up. So there'd be showers. And I think that's the one tip I'd say to someone coming from overseas, especially just bring good rain gear, you know, bring rain pants that are golfer. You know, yeah. they don't have to be hill country hiking pants. Mm-hmm. Get golf pants, something that's waterproof, because what you want is you want something that'll just protect you for, you know, a, a shower that might last 20 minutes. And then you'll have an hour and a half of clear weather. And then another shower that lasts 30 minutes. You know what I'm finding the most difficult is the wind. 
I don't I don't I don't mind I don't mind the rain, but especially in the coastal areas, the wind is is that thing that makes you chill. Yeah, it's it, this is this I find it, and even sometimes and you know because you're you're cycling a lot and and I'm I, I, I'm into cycling as well, and you know like sometimes the, the day otherwise would be beautiful, but because of the yeah wind it's buffeting chill, you it's yes. kind of go boom 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 yeah yeah. Well, it's interesting. The one thing I learned here, you know, after 55 years of never noticing the weather map, <laughs> I now know what the H means and the L means, the high and the low. I know what that means. We are always praying for the H. Yeah. We want the high yeah. because that yeah. brings clear weather yeah. and still weather. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just now I know that a high is coming and it's hanging off over Spain, yeah. waiting to hit. And then you just hold your breath that it's going to come because then you'll have three or four days of really yeah. calm weather. Yeah. And then you see over Atlantic this L that is yep. moving. And you just you. hope that the H buffers it away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they going to miss you. Okay, so you're just, you're just toughing up. You're just not paying attention to it. Yeah, I mean, the wind is dangerous. I actually have my low-level walking guide certification mm -hmm. from OPW, Office mm -hmm. of Public Works. Mm -hmm. And when we had the test, it was classroom days and then an actual hill walk that we had to go with the instructor. Yeah. And the classroom day was sunny and beautiful and calm, and we were in a classroom. Right. It was really depressing. Yeah. And then when we had the walk, of course, gale force winds. And we walked at Bolus Head, mm -hmm. which is one of the peninsulas down near Waterville, mm -hmm. near Balanskelligs Bay. Mm -hmm. And at one point, the instructor, who has climbed in Nepal and climbed in the Alps, and he's very experienced, he was practically hanging onto the grass, laying on the ground saying, I guess this is a good time to tell you that if a man can't stand up, it's probably <laughs> over 80 kilometers an hour. And we were just dying. Oh it was God. the wind was killing us. Oh but I'll tell you one thing. You have to be careful. Bolus Head, for specifics, there's a loop walk around Bolus Head. Mm -hmm. There is a path, mm -hmm. but there's actually an alternate path because the one main path is very close to the edge. Yeah. And, and you just can't do that on a, way, on a day when there's 80 mile an hour winds. Yeah. You just can't. And so there, most of those kind of walks in Ireland would have another walk maybe, oh, I'd say 15 meters Yeah, that was in a way from the sea. So you could also walk up that same hill, maybe not right. as, as used a trail. But you'd be able to walk up that trail and yeah. be safe because you could be blown off the side of Bullet's yeah. Head in the big yeah. wind. And this is the same story with with cycling when the wind is too strong. And I, I remember a few years ago with my friends, we were looking at the what what cycle path we take and where we're going to cycle. And we were looking at the wind direction and try to pick up the path that if the wind going to blow us, it's going to blow us into the ditch rather than the, on the side and into the road <laughs> under, right. the, under the After car. After a 60-foot yeah, drop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was, was like, no, we probably should stay at home because it's no fun. You can get blown in, you know, under the car. And it's Well, the just... one thing I see is as you start to get to know the area a little bit, which is why I think if someone comes as a tourist, they should get a guide, you know, because there's a lot of tips you can get from the guide. Like if it's a really windy day near where I live, you wouldn't do the coastal cycle. Yeah. But there's plenty of inland cycles that wouldn't have that same wind when it's coming from the west. Yeah. So you could go in through, say, any tavern, Black Sheen, there's a loop that goes through Kara Lake, and then that's not as windy because you're not on the coast anymore. 
Yeah. So if you had a guide that would t- say, local oh, yes, and this is not the day to go on the coast road, nothing beats local knowledge, for sure. Exactly. And they are there, obviously, you can you can be that guide, right? That's exactly right. What, what's, what would be the best way for people to get in touch with you if they want to? Well, uh, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as Today in Ireland. And I also have a website, todayinireland.com. And mostly on that website, it's just photographs. I take photos, and that's yeah. sort of my background. I love photography. When I first moved here... Guys, go go there now <laughs> and, and check all the photos. They're well, awesome. you came here as an EU citizen, so you could work the first day. Yeah. But I came as an American, so I wasn't allowed to work. Oh, really? Oh, no. Oh. We can't get a working visa okay. as easy as someone from the EU. And so... My first two years here, while I was in the process of getting citizenship, because my grandparents were born in the 1890s. Okay. That, and since my grandparents were born here. In Ireland. In Ireland. That's a good in, Irish. Yeah, well, yep. Half. Yeah. Very good. And uh, so I got citizenship I through I my grandparents. Climb, I can't climb Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two passports, as a matter of fact, oh. American and Irish. But the interesting thing is, as, you, um, as I traveled around, I couldn't work. Yeah. I mean, it just wasn't allowed to. So I took pictures and tweeted and posted about how beautiful this was. Is that and, how it started? Yeah, that's how it started. Right. So today in Ireland, people say, what are you doing while you're there? Well, today I did this hill walking. Today I did yeah. this bicycle ride. And today I went to a horse race on the beach okay. in Glen Bay or whatever. That's that's fantastic. So that's how I started. So there's lots of pictures on todayinireland.com. And it just one whole section is just on the Ring of Kerry and the Skellig Coast area. That just shows people, you know, what's here. Yeah. A lot of the hill walking. I took pictures for the hill walking club and have great pictures. You can see people in action on the hills. Yeah. And how how the like outdoors culture, let's say, in Ireland and Kerry differs from what you know from from Texas. From how does it compare? Well, it's interesting. I think. And obviously, are you missing the sun of Texas? Oh, I do on nice, occasion. Nice weather. <laughs> Oh, yes, like in February when the wind is almost blowing the windows out of the <laughs> side of the house. I'm thinking about Texas. But uh, but I just love it here so much. You know, it's interesting. Ireland's known for green fields and, yeah. you know, beautiful green fields. And they all talk about 40 shades of green. In the winter, it's not so green, but it's beautiful burgundy yeah. and gray and tan and silver and Blacks and the colors in the wintertime, I think, are more beautiful than the green. Yeah. And another thing about winter that some people don't think about is, you know how on the edges of the roads you have those hedges that are yeah. all thick? Yes. And then there's leaves on the trees. So you can't see over a hedge in the summertime. You can't see that's, the mountain that's in the that's distance. That's true. But in the wintertime, those have all fallen that's off. True. And you can see a lot more about what's around. Yeah. In the winter, that's that's true. That's yeah. that's that's very true. So just so just go back to my question: Is how how it differs like in terms of activities and cycling? Is that you would say it's more opportunities, less opportunities, or is it like just people who are into outdoors are they're taking what they have in a well? In I think area and the whole country really, the government included, they're they're trying to get more people outside for health mm-hmm. reasons, yeah. and so there is a lot of people that do go bicycling riding, do go walking, that you would maybe look at and think, oh, they're not a bicycle rider. But they mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't, in Texas, where I used to live, the bicycle riders were all spandex 
tights and spandex shirts and skinny and you know went out you know 100 miles on a weekend Mm -hmm. and here there's a lot of people that they might go 20 miles and that's a big deal for them but they're out there on their bikes doing the cycling yeah and and uh, like ring of carry uh, on on one of the previous episodes of of a podcast we were we were talking with uh, my friend donna cowan about ring of carry cycle and how you know you have massive amounts of people and for some of them like nine thousand yeah and it's it's like in in just just incomprehensible distance like we're doing like 160 kilometers and then you say the guys like you said like doing you know 160 they're they're doing every day they do it twice on the day they do it twice yes exactly but but i think that this is what's great that you see all these people who are training hard the whole year and they just like yes we did it we, and the alternative to those people that train hard all year and then do it and it's the one time is you can get a good used bike after the ring of carries over yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes that's true that's because true, some people do the ring of carry and say i'm never getting on that yeah, bike I'm again done with it. that's a bit <laughs> ticked off of the bucket list that i'm never gonna that's exactly right <laughs> and you obviously don't well i had that. a great experience at that i was at i didn't ride it this year yeah. But I stopped in Glen Bay and I was just taking pictures as people were coming down a little hill and there were roses in the background in a ruin of oh, a church and great. it was a great spot. Great. And someone that knew me saw me. Uh-huh. And so she started, I was facing the bicycle rider. She started yelling, Susan, Susan, Susan. And she was going by me, so I didn't even turn around. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden I heard this, <laughs> and I looked by me and she is leaned back to say, hi, Susan, hi, Susan, and like wave at me. And so she hit the curb and luckily we'd had a lot of rain that week so it was a really soft gushy piece of ground and she did she had her head there was grass coming out of the edge of her helmet and she was okay but i just (laughs) i never thought she'd like (laughs) turn around and like try and sign yeah yeah. always look where you're cycling (laughs) exactly it's a good idea that's a good idea what's your what's your thing about ring of care are they just like a victim of their own popularity because I, I know that there are a lot of people kind of were very upset, especially not was it last year? Was it year? Yeah, not this year. It was last year when they do that, like a drawing or raffle. A raffle, yeah, because they're limiting the number of people. Yeah, but they kind of changed that this year again. And, and well, they had less numbers, if I understand correctly, um, oh, this okay, year than okay. last year. But it's interesting because I actually was talking to some business people this morning right. who own a pub that serves food that's a restaurant on the ring of carry yeah and said they make almost no money that it is such a busy day with bicycles nine thousand mm-hmm. bicycles on but the road making no money the the, the charities or these no, people who the people are, who the have people businesses okay, because yeah. there's no business being done down on the rest of the ring of carry that there's very few people spending money because there's nine thousand bikes on the road they're not driving the ring of carry. They're not going to visit their friends. They're not All having right. lunch with their That's neighbor. That's very interesting. So she said the day before, you know, over a thousand. The day after, over a thousand she'll make. And on the ring of carry day, she makes almost nothing. And wow. they want it to be moved into the off season, May or October. Right, that's when very they can, interesting because yeah. you would you would, traditional thinking was like, oh, this is this big event which is gonna draw a lot of people. It's only really and drawing and people to Killarney. The- this is only drawing people to Killarney. Yeah. Because otherwise they're just busy cycling. Yep. They're not stopping. Or and it's interesting because there's another cycle ride that's a wonderful cycle ride called the Ring of Barra. Ring of Barra. And yeah. I volunteered at it. I'm in civil defense, and so I volunteered doing first aid. They had three starts. Oh. 
at the Ring of Barra. So they had people spend the night in three different villages. Okay. And so that Which brought kind of business to all three. Yeah, exactly. Right. So a real different mindset. There it is. Very, very interesting point. Very now interesting. someone from Killarney will be after me for saying that. <laughs> no, no, they, 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 they won't. It's all my opinion. That's, of course, of course, and we are entitled to our, our opinion. Yeah, that's very, that's very interesting. I, I thought that there, you know, that the Ring of Bear actually benefited a lot from from people turning their back into Ring of Kerry because there's a lot of, and then kind of Ring of Bear become this big event, which I, I think. I don't like, think it ever can get too big, though. It's just not a big enough road. The road's smaller, so they'll never have 9,000 people do it. They just yeah. wouldn't be able to. Yeah, unless people wanted to. Is it was it not the problem precisely the problem of Ring of Care? Like too many people wanted to get there. Yeah, and then but it's interesting. I talked to some tourists who had done both, mm -hmm. and they were from I think they were from New York, mm -hmm. but they said that they were at both, and they said that they really preferred the Ring of Barra. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was a brutally hot day the day they did it. I don't know, mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the sunburns people had coming back, but. They liked it better because they felt that the hotel they were in for the Ring of Barra mm -hmm. was more welcoming to the event. Because when okay. they woke up at 4 a.m., their hotel was serving breakfast. The entire restaurant was open as if it was 10 a.m. Well, and they said what, they didn't get that in Killarney right. where they were. Now, it could be just the hotel they had been in Killarney. Was All right. That's interesting. Them. That's interesting. But I, it is a charity, you know, ride. Yeah. And, and I, mean, I, is, I spent is... so much money on food beverage, bed and breakfast the night before and the night of that I just said, well, I could give an extra 200 euros to the mm -hmm. charity yeah, rather than do it. And plus I cycle that road, yeah. you know, at least twice a month back and forth to Killarney. So yeah, yeah. I've done and it. And that's, that's, I suppose, the main main point of this is charity event and they even very specific. It's not sportive. It's not race. Yep. It's not anything like yep. it. It's a charity, charity event, event, people. Yep. <laughs> this is Raised me. a lot of money for Dairy Nan Inshore Rescue last year and and uh, Valencia Hospital, and I wonder if those people who are who are complaining that they're not getting business on the day of Ring of Carry shouldn't just get in a game and raise some money for charity on that day as well. Yeah, but if you look at it, some ways, you know, in Ireland, at least in the small villages and the outskirts, is a real seasonal business. I mean, even the places that are open twelve months a year, their summers bring them through the winter. And she yeah. said, what she loses yeah. in the one day. It's of the ring of carry is what she would make in a week in the winter. Yeah, yeah, but I suppose that's that's in general in tourism business, right? It's very yeah. seasonal, un unless you're in a place when you're when you're lucky enough to to have a weather and tourists all the right. all the time. But then, if we did have great weather and great sun and all that kind of stuff on carry, you know what we'd also have? We, it, we'd have concrete hotels on every beach. Yeah, and, and we don't want that. Yeah, and it wouldn't be so green if we have a yeah. That that actually that rain has a purpose. Exactly. That's why it's so green. It's, makes it so we have better scenery. <laughs> and that's you know, and that's very that's a very interesting point because you hear about uh, the issues like for example in Barcelona, but also in many other places where actually locals are turning against tourists. Like Ibiza, I just heard today about Ibiza. Really? Having protests and trying to limit the number of tourists that oh, can go really? to Ibiza during yeah, the season. Yeah. And this is this is happening more and more and many more. You know, traditional thinking is like, oh, locals love it because tourists brings money and money and all that. But it turns out that there's too much is always bad. And mm -hmm. people say, like, whoa, it's like, what are these tourists are doing here? And and I know that uh, on on the other podcast, I have my friend 
who lives in Barcelona. And we had this, this conversation, you know, how to be like a local in Barcelona and what to do to, to avoid the crowd and, and kind of see what you really get to see yep. rather than go when everybody goes. And he says, like, you know, come in winter, uh, you know, wear a scarf and like <laughs> when it's colder and then don't do these things because really that's a local. Don't local carry a map. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so the local people are turning against because it's like oh, it's it's too much. Because then on the other hand, the tourists are, you know, almost like thinking that the whole place should be for them to serve them, and they're you know, and there are people who are just living there, mm -hmm. just like well, yep, trying to get to work in the morning. Exactly. Not happy about the traffic. Exactly. Exactly. Do you see any 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 signs of that in Kerry? Or is yeah. it too too so small and not that that um. Um, I think at some point, it's not so much that they're against the tourists that they're there. I think the real interesting thing is I think people are just disappointed that the tourists aren't really seeing what's there. Because the tourists are zooming through. You know, the average one comes uh, in on a bus tour and uh, does the ring of carry in, you know, one afternoon or they are in a car and they do it in one day. But I suppose but, that's, a, that's a really problem. No, but if you look at Lonely Planet, yeah. which is like one of the best guidebooks ever, yeah. if you go to the Lonely, Pan Cl Lonely Planet book on drives, it has the Ring of Carry as a four-day yeah. drive yeah. because there's so much to do. Yeah. And the, the average person's just looking out the window of the bus. And I think the people that live on it are very disappointed for them. Yeah. Because they realize that there's, you know, just in Waterville alone, there's standing stones, there's a stone circle fort, there's an abbey ruin from like the 6th or 8th century that's on an island you have to take a little boat to, but it's easy to do. Uh, you know, there's so many things just in Waterville. Yeah. Or Kersavine, you know, there's, well, there's ring forts that go from Derry Nan, Kersavine, you know, all along that southwest coast, there's big ring forts. Yeah. And most people see one, and it's the perfect one. They don't see the ruins. They don't see the picturesque ones. There's a castle ruin on the beach that's probably three kilometers from the Ring of Kerry Road. And it's on the road, but it's just yeah. three kilometers off yeah. the main road. 90% of the people well, never it's, see it's, it. It's a, it's a general problem that people are going in. It's like, okay, tick, 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 that's tick. It. I'm here. I need to do this, 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 yep. this, this. And it's like, Phew. And I'm only like you said, I'm for a week, so I have these three things today and these three things tomorrow. And like it's like, oh, where? Well, it's interesting. Where's your experience? You kind of just just breath in and just experience the thing and kind of have a quiet moment to yourself. Well, my first trip to Ireland was 2003, and I ran the Dublin Marathon, mm -hmm. and it was not a great experience. It was my first marathon, mm -hmm. so I'd never done one. First ever. First ever. And you decided to do it in yeah. Ireland. I wanted to do it someplace overseas because I knew if I just did it in my backyard and did it in Austin, it wouldn't be as special. So I wanted oh, to do it special. Right. I might do one and never do another. Okay. That was my theory. Okay. That's that's, in, that's yeah. interesting because I would imagine you would rather do the one close to your home. Oh, just, no. Just to have I wanted this, it like, to be special. <laughs> so I ended up going from Austin, Texas to Ireland, and Aer Lingus went on strike the day that I went. Oh, awesome. So it took 27 hours <laughs> to get to Ireland. So instead of having that whole day to recuperate and then pick up our packets and all the rest, we had to basically land, run over to packet pickup, go to the hotel, fall asleep, get up, 
Yeah. Well, when we were in a small little village on the outskirts of Dublin, it turned out they didn't have any restaurants open by the time we got back. So I, oh, all I had great. the night before my first marathon was two slices of white bread and a piece of cheese. That's right. my dinner. Okay. So yeah. my marathon was not good. That's I was, that's, that's, that's was sore. Too loading. <laughs> oh, it was It was terrible. And, uh, and the funny thing was, is when I, we asked for menus, when we got to the pub, the guy said, you're not from around here, are you? And I said, no, we're tourists. And he goes, yeah, we don't sell for food in pubs. And uh, so, <laughs> and I kind of burst into tears. I'm like, oh, I'm running the marathon. <laughs> and he said, okay, let me get you something from the kitchen. And he got me a cheese sandwich. But so I wasn't feeling good. I, my legs yeah. were really sore. I was hurting. So what I did was I spent nine nights in the same bed and breakfast. All right. And had a fabulous holiday. Okay. Because I took the After train. The yeah. Because I just couldn't walk and couldn't drive. I just driving a stick shift would have just killed my legs. Uh-huh. I was really hurting. So what I did was I went on the train, you know, the great train system they have in Dublin, commuter train system. Very few of the tourists even know about it. Yeah. So I went to Hoth for lunch and I'd be able to drink wine at lunch or a beer because I wasn't driving. And we went to Hoth one day and Dunleary one day and, you know. So it ended up, forget about the marathon, but everything that happened after. It was, was just great because we didn't go in the car. And I tell people, I say, when you go on holiday in Ireland, stop going to a different place every day. Mm-hmm. Spend three or four nights in one place and then three or four nights in another place and that's it. Because yeah. you can't see everything, so you might as well enjoy what you're seeing. Yeah. That's interesting because, the, you know, I kind of thinking about my my approach to visiting d- different places. And I, uh, however strange that may sound, I don't like visit place to see things. You know, let's go to Barcelona. Why we go there? Oh, to see it. Like, you know, I, you know, I can see the photos. I need to do something. Mm-hmm. I need to. So I'm going, Perfect. To, I, yeah. I'm going to Spain to not see River Ebro. I want to catch a big catfish from River Ebro. Mm-hmm. Or I don't want to just go to France to see the mountain. I want to cycle that mount, up that mountain. So I have to have something to do there. Yeah, you want to experience it. Experience it rather than like, oh, yeah, I saw it. Oh, so that's how it Yeah, works. I saw the Alps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, well, I went hiking in the Alps. Yeah, you know, yeah that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can you can just look, look at it. And that's it. It's, you know, a lot of the Americans, and I say this as an American, the Americans come over and they all want to do Dublin, Galway, Cork, Ring of Kerry, Dingle, Waterford, Because Because for, for, for you guys, Ireland is so small. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to see it all in one day. Oh, and, you know, then we they get here and they're rushing. They... You know, I do couch surfing. Uh-huh. Do you know what couch surfing is? No, t- tell tell our So couch what surfing is. is when you stay with strangers all over the world and you host strangers at your home all over the world and it's free. So you're not allowed to charge and it's about sharing your culture yeah. with your guest. It's not about a free hotel room, it's not about a free place to stay. It's really yeah. about taking the time to show them around. Mm-hmm. And so I have a minimum of two nights mm-hmm. because People were coming, driving, 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 coming at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then the bus in Waterville leaves at 7, mm-hmm. you know, and so they'd either leave on the 7 a.m. bus or they'd drive away at 8.30. Yeah. And I just said, I'm not a free hotel room. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have to stay here two days and see this village. If so this you're is enjoying you that a lot. You're I enjoying sharing that experience. Oh, I had a French girl this past weekend who was about 22 years old. And she stayed for two nights, and it was culture night mm-hmm. here in Ireland. So we went up to 
an artist's residence village, an old famine village in Balanskelegs, and people were telling stories about people who had emigrated in the mm -hmm. 1800s, 1900s. We had music and fire. There was no electricity in the building, so it was all candlelight oh, and fire. Cool. And it was just a fabulous experience, and that's the kind of thing couch surfing can bring. That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Listen, let's talk about a little bit of hill walking. Yes. And um, how does it how, tell us about something hill walking? Well, I think in, the in, most in important the thing, depending on where you're from, the most important thing to know is that when someone says, let's go for a walk, it's not a walk. It's a hike. Yeah. And they use that phrase hill walking and walking. So and it just sounds someone, so. So, so for someone who is who, so for someone who is not a native English speaker, please explain the difference between walk and hike. Well, a friend of mine was staying in our village, and I said to her, "Oh, a whole bunch of us are going for a walk on Wednesday night. Do you want to go?" And she said, "Yes." So we all show up, and she's there wearing running shoes. Uh, it's a walk, right? And I said, I said, I thought, you know, we're like going hill walking, right? And she said, well, yeah. And I said, but I know you have boots. How come you're not wearing them? Oh, are we, do we need boots? Are we going for a hike? And I said, well, <laughs> we're going for a hill walk and that's a hike. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and she got muddy and her shoes were drenched when she got back because hill walking can be scrambling over boulders and going over wet, mucky fields and especially if it's rained in the last few days, it's muddy. So, so, so you're it's a walk, but in America, we would call it a hike. It's it's really difficult. It's, it can it's, be it's absolutely. Just, it's just difficult. You know the <clears throat> the biggest difference for me because uh, back back in the back in the days in Poland, I was I was doing a lot of uh, hill walks or hikes mm -hmm. in, in in the mountains, and uh, the biggest difference here was like, oh, there's no trail here. I was the kind of like you say, oh, there's all this trail, and yeah, all right, you might have a boulders and 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 muck and whatever, or you may, you know, but there's always an arrow, and you go there, and you go whatever, and you know where. Yeah, you go. sometimes you really have to look for those arrows, so. Yes, but still, you have. <laughs> yeah, you there's take, direction. You, you take in comfort from the fact that knowing that that arrow is there somewhere. Well, well, the first time you know, I tried to to go up the up the hill, other than Brandon, which is obviously so yeah. popular that there is a trail. It's like there's no trail, so I I looked up on the on the website. There's a website called Mountain Views, I believe. So I looked up the the trail and I downloaded the, the uh, track on the, my GPS and I'm walking. And it's like there's supposed to be path here somewhere, over, <laughs> and, it's, and it's nowhere there. It's like okay, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna try go that direction and find something and. You know, maybe half an hour in, and I was like, "No, there's no trail here. Not you, even a sheep trail. No, no, you just go <laughs> through the you know bushes. Like, okay, so that is the difference. So that was you know like a first first of those walks. It was probably the the toughest ever because I was just not ready. And plus, you're also sort of unsure at that point if you're yeah. going the right way, and you're thinking, "Am I doing this right? Am I in the right place?" Yeah, I couldn't believe that there is no trail, and it was, and it was like, you know, you're not used to that, and you're just like, "Geez, what am I doing?" Well, here? that's like, the first time I climbed Karen Tool, which is the highest mountain in Ireland. I went with a group, and they do it every bank holiday Saturday in August. Yeah. They'd done it 26 years in a row. Whoa! And I went Whoa. with them, and. It was a gorgeous day, absolutely gorgeous. Well, we get to one section of the trail, and there's, do you know the expression shale? 
Mm. It's like it's like gray oh, stones yeah, 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 that are yeah, sort yeah. of just yes, they yes, slide. Yes, yes, when yes, you yes, step yes, on yeah, them, yeah, they slide. Yeah, yeah, you step, yeah. they slide. There's this one section that's shale, and I said, "Well, where's the trail?" And they said, "Oh no, you just have to go end up there." And they pointed to a spot. So some people <laughs> were eight feet above me. Some people were eight feet below me. Yeah. Some people were. 20 feet away. I mean, people just climbed and scrambled wherever they could yeah. to get to that final point. I thought, you've got to be kidding. There's no trail. <laughs> just like I you. I thought that, that on current tour, there will be a trail. It, well, there's more than one way up. Oh, okay, okay. So it depends on which way. I guess maybe yeah. the other way, like Devil's Ladder, they might actually have a trail the whole way. But the oh. way we went, okay, there was this slidey yeah. part of the hill, and I just thought, I don't want to be at the bottom of this because yeah. there's other yeah. people above me moving little rocks. Yeah, you know, and you got you got to be careful. You got to kind of what I know is you got to observe the vegetation mm -hmm. because then, well, on my way down. And actually, way down is way more tricky oh, yeah. because you don't see really when you're going because the gradient of the hill, you don't see where you're going. And I uh, went to the part where is like a river flowing down. And I, you know, in my naivety, said like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to get down to the river and I'm going to, you know, hike down through that. That river is going to be easier. So obviously, before I once I get down there, it was there's like there's no way I'm going to do this. So I ended up kind of hiking on a on you know like on the edges of the river, which are very steep. Oh yeah. In a in a in a like you know in places shoulder deep uh, vegetation. It was like terrible. It took me several hours just to move you know meters. It's like no, I you you gotta see what's the vegetation, what's the type of vegetation. So the next time I took my binos and you're just looking like okay this is. It looks like I can go there, and no, I'm not going over there because I. <laughs> well, I've a I've got a great story about going downhill and how bad downhill can be. So I was in. A, there's a group of friends that go out once a week and just go out walking together. It's not really a club or anything, and we were all walking. And I'm usually last because I'm taking photographs and getting pictures of them going up the hill and things like that. So I'm always last. So they all climb over a fence. Mm -hmm. And then there's a ditch, so they have to go climb over the fence and then sort of jump over this ditch, and everyone's mm -hmm. on the other side. So I come up to the fence, and I kind of looked around, and they said, climb it, stand on that little edge, and then jump over the ditch to us. <laughs> and I just was like, jump over the ditch? Are you crazy? You know, and I'm thinking, can I jump this? And so I climbed over the fence. I'm standing on the fence, little bump, and they're going, jump it, jump it, jump it, jump it. And I'm, there's like, you know, 20 people looking at me. Think, and I'm thinking, I'm going to just fall on my face. There's no way I'm jumping this. So I said, I think I'll step down into the ditch. So I put my hand out, held the postman's hand, stepped down with my left foot. And the ditch looked like it was about a foot and a half deep. Uh -huh. But it was full of grass. Right. And what it was, was it was about three feet deep. Right. So I went down really hard and this pop as my soleus muscle popped off the back of my calf oh my god and it popped and i like jumped and fell over and started screaming and the postman said to me the next day i think that's the first time i've heard you curse <laughs> i'm not surprised and i was like wreathing in pain and i was screaming well right when it happened the girl who's parents have the farm next door she just turned around and ran and went and got right. the truck and got her truck as far up the hill as she could okay. and they just uh they just tried to help me but i had a boot i had to wear a boot on my my ankle and on my leg for oh. gosh i think it was six weeks i mean it it was yeah. horrible
And it's because, yeah, I, you know, if I had jumped it and fallen on my face, I'd probably been okay. Yeah. <laughs> but embarrassed yeah. instead, instead of hurt myself. But that's it. Now, when I see a hole, yeah. you know, I make sure, like with my stick and everything else, I yeah. see how deep is that hole. Well, I suppose it's, it's better to get injured this way than wearing high heels on the, on the tarmac. <laughs> and, and, you know, you're... Well, I don't know. It depends on what you're doing in the high heels, I guess. <laughs> yes. does, does, does it happen very often that people get injured while heel walking? Well, you know, there's certainly, uh, it certainly happens. I mean, people die on when they're hill walking. Someone died on Mount Brandon just about six weeks ago, two months ago. Oh, really? Yeah, a man, and I don't know what happened. Okay. um, But he called his wife at around 3 o'clock on Saturday and said he was lost. On Mount Brandon? mm Mm-hmm. Was it, what what was the weather like? I think it was gray, but it wasn't miserable. He just was lost. He was by himself. Yeah. And he got lost, and when they found him, he had died. Now, I don't know if he had a heart attack or if he fell. I don't know. Right. But, you know, people do die. And we have an organization here in Cary called Cary Mountain Rescue. Yes. And I'm not sure if it's 100% volunteer, uh-huh. but at least most of them would be volunteers. And when somebody gets lost in the hills, they send for Cary Mountain Rescue, and those people are trained to climb at night in bad weather. But, I mean, you know, it's really interesting. I was talking to someone who runs a hotel here in the town, and he told me that he came into his front desk one day, and the girl at the front desk was arguing with one of the customers. Mm -hmm. And he was thinking, this can't be good, that they're having an argument. (laughs) And the customer is wearing shorts and a T-shirt and had a water bottle in his hand. And so he came over and says, what's going on? What's all the excitement about? And she said, he is going to climb Karen Tool. All right. And so... My friend said to the guy, are you, you dressed like that going to climb? And he said, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty day and it's going to be great and all this. And he said, you can't go. I'm not going to let you. And the guy said, I can go. I can do what I want. And he said, I'm not letting you go. <laughs> you know, and they had an argument because this guy was going to climb the highest peak in shorts yeah. and a T-shirt. Yeah. And I've heard from people that it was gale force winds and raining one day when in Killarney we were sitting out. In the sun, enjoying the day, but up at the top, it but was this terrible. Is like, this is this is happening like around the world. That, yeah. that you see people who are who are climbing in the flip flops and yeah. all that. They think like, you know, it's like a well, you know, it's a park, right? It's a park. It's like, and then you actually gonna deal with the elements. You actually gonna deal with nature. And then that you know who has to go after them? Carry Mountain Rescue, you well, know, or yeah, the Coast Guard or somebody. A, you know, that's, that's the problem. A, that's is that. A, that's a that's a problem. Somebody that, has to go rescue. a little bit more about the mountain rescue. How how does it you know how if someone gets involved in in that what's uh Well, I know they have training faci- you know classes. There's a lot of people in the group because you never know who's going to be around when they need to make a call. But right. I would say if somebody lived in Cary and was interested in hill walking and mountain climbing, um to be honest, most of them part probably already know about it. Yeah. Um but they'd go and go to training classes and things so like that. So it's a little bit like a live boat. Right, lifeboat for the mountain. Lifeboat for the mountain. Yeah, and there, I know there's one in Wicklow. Okay. And uh, but and I assume that anywhere I would assume there's one up in Mayo for Crowpatrick and things like that. So if somebody gets lost, if somebody's missing, if somebody needs help, they call Cary Mountain Rescue. So I have another question for you about the mountains. Mm-hmm. You climb the mountain, right? You're struggling with all the bushes and vegetation and all that, and you're reaching like an elevated point. You look at the telephone point, and there's a sheep, like uh, looking at you, surprised. <laughs> like, what that guy I is know. doing? This here? is my turf. <laughs> yeah. 
So are these are these mountains used as a as a place just for by farmers to yeah? To, it's to interesting. Get their sheep Some of them eat? would have shared access, so they call it commonage. All right. So the, uh, you're right because then we straight into your area. Who owns the land? Yeah, a lot of it, it would be what they call commonage. So maybe five or six farms would own the hill. Oh, really? And they'd all have rights to that hill for grazing. Okay. You know, which is why you look at the sheep and some of them have red spray paint yes, on the top and yes, some have they, green and some have blue. These are mine. Blues yeah. are mine. It's so that a man told me, he said, it's so you can get out at the bottom of the hill, pull up the binoculars, look mm -hmm. up the hill mm -hmm. and know immediately which ones are yours. Right. And they share it. So they okay. would separate them when it's time but, to. But then, but then the, the access to this land is like available to everyone. It's not like they're private. No, they would own it. They would own it as a commonage, that's those farmers. Okay. And so it would not be public land. Okay. Now, something like the Carry Way, yeah. um, which is on private land, people yeah. seem to forget sometimes that the Carry Way is actually on private land. They get a stipend from the government just a little bit mm -hmm. to kind of Allow the allow the people, the but it also helps pay them to because they're going to have to throw away trash and they might have to fix up a, right. a fence and things like that. So some of the the walks, the carry way, which is an organized walk, the dingle way, which yeah. is an, some yeah. of those walks would have um, private property that they're crossing. Okay. And like farmers don't mind if you're if they have like a hill walker. Well, you know how people. sometimes you'll see a, a hill walk if you look at a map and mm -hmm. it goes. You know, ground, 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 and all of a sudden you cut over, mm -hmm. you know, 20 yards and you're on the road. Yeah. And then back on the ground again. That's because the person who owns that spot farmer. didn't want them walking on his land. All right. Yeah. That's very interesting because I thought that this is like a land that belongs to the state or, nope. or, or something. I mean, like some that. of it say, I, I believe, Karen Tool, mm -hmm. the highest point, I think, is public land because I think it might be part of Killarney yeah. National Park. I don't yeah. know. So for somebody who wants to just go hill walking, what would you recommend? Should they pay attention to that or should they just, you know, just go ahead and, and go or should they, um, you know, use some sort of a resource to, to Well, I think like out? I mentioned, I think, you know, finding a local guide, you know, it's not expensive. It might save your life having somebody that knows. But also the local guides know the stories and they know – I mean, you might walk right by a 500-year-old stone circle yes. that has carvings in it, and you know, look, because it just looks like another stone. Yeah. And But a local guide would be able to stop and say, hey, let me show you this, and moves a little bit of ivy yeah. out of the way and shows you, you know, a burial stone for someone. I think that's why a local guide would be a great resource. Yeah, and certainly the history, the history behind that and, yeah. and, and all that. Oh, look, that's, that's, that's fantastic. You know, I, I, I didn't know. Tell us a little bit also about civil defense. Oh, civil you, defense. You mentioned that. Yeah, you're, that you're it's a volunteer of. organization, and it's, uh, it's like similar to Coast Guard. Coast Guard is about saving people on the sea and, and water, and civil defense is about helping on land. So during a flood, like when they had the floods in Tralee, I know. the civil defense helped make the sandbags yeah. and well, that sort of where, things. Where, where are they? I didn't. No, they were there. Where, where were they? We were we were sandbagging ourselves trying to save the office. You needed a lot of sandbags. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, civil defense is a volunteer organization. They have lots of fantastic training. So I've been trained in first aid, and uh, one of my neighbors she just got trained on how to get the license for a trailer, so she can t tow a trailer behind mm -hmm. a jeep. 
Mm-hmm. And another course is starting this week. We're going to get more advanced first aid, so we'll be able to actually be on an ambulance. Oh, wow. Um, so we can be, like one time I was actually in one of the ambulances that drove around at the racetrack. Yeah. So because they have to, any, any place you would have first aid, uh, the Ring of Barra cycle, so yeah, that needed first so aid. Well um, horse races, they need first aid. Any of those kind of things. There's the civil defense. What I'm, what I'm getting from you is that everybody who's involved in outdoors and this sort of activities probably should give it a shot to at least one of these organizations. Yeah. And, and to give back. And, and, yeah, exactly. Just like if you're a person that runs races. If you're a person that runs all the 5Ks and the 10Ks, have you ever worked a water stop? Because none of those things happen without volunteers. Yes. And so if you're the kind of person that's out there every weekend or running a 5K or the, whatever, the, be, you know, be a volunteer one time and see what it's like on that side. Yeah. Don't just have the fun every weekend. Do yeah. some of the work, too. And are they have, like, a, in terms of civil defense or, or uh, mountain rescue, they have, like, a... Um, phones that they're going to ring and they say, like, okay, this this night I'm, I'm you know, I'm... I'm carrying the phone, essentially. If somebody needs me, they're going to ring, you know, anything like that. Yeah, I would or, say that that's probably... Or is prob- it just like a, like a center where coordinate everything? Well, there is one civil defense center that then has all the different regions. So we would, you know, we'd get a text message that says, well, we were, a whole bunch of us were in a class, a first aid class. Yeah. And uh, a text message came out to everybody pretty much that was in the room that said, flooding in Tralee, we need sandbags. Right. And... And then only the people at that point, only the people that were in uniform could go Oh, because you have to be in uniform and the boots and the waterproofs and all the rest of the stuff. It was pouring down rain. Okay. And so a couple so of need, us. So we need to have a certain level of training. To yeah. And we have a uniform to wear and all the rest of the stuff. So. All right. And the training was great. The first day training. I mean, we learned things like, you know, one of the things that I learned about that I didn't know anything about was what they call a crush injury. So if you're wow. walking... Let's say you go on a hill walk and a boulder, you know, fell yeah. and landed on someone's leg. So it's like a, like a blunt trauma. Yeah, but oh. it's different. So if someone's okay. crushed by something and the crushing object is still on them, oh. there's a limited amount of time. So this is that what you can the, take what it what off. What a crush is. So, so yeah, that's how it differs from 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 blunt because you yeah. you have a like penetration trauma and blunt. Trauma. Yeah, we learned all the different changes to that. And what you would do for each one. Because one of the things that our teacher used to say, you know, is where you are, you know, the nearest ambulance could be 55 miles, 65 miles away. Because we have one ambulance in Kerasavine, which is 10 miles away. But if it's on a call and bringing someone to Tralee Hospital, that means our nearest ambulance is 65 miles away. Yeah. And so they, so they train the first aiders, so just in case. Mm-hmm. They might. Would you would you generally discourage people on trying to go out walking on their own? Well, I'd never would tell someone to go alone. I I mean, even mm-hmm. if they didn't need a guide, they should not go alone. Mm-hmm. Nobody mm-hmm. should walk alone, because yeah. you can just you can slip and fall. There's yeah. plenty of stories. There's a there's a real famous trail runner mm-hmm. in America, and his name is escaping me. But he used to run in the mountains of Mexico. Very yeah. experienced. Yeah. And you know he died on a run. Now, they don't know if if it was just like the landslide came and knocked them off the, you know, something small. But whatever it is, you still can hit your head. Yeah. And if you're by yourself, there's nobody else that can call Yeah. when yeah. you're still alive but yeah. unconscious. Yeah, you just scared me because I was doing that all my own. Don't own. ever go out alone. <laughs> well, it's so much more fun. I mean, you, can, you can kind of be... But you know, find the right 
partner, the one that doesn't necessarily have to gab the whole way. If you want to have your silence, (laughs) you know, find someone else that likes that silence too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you can you can use one of the tracking devices and you just just you know send an email to somebody. Yeah, but how does someone know you need help? If you, you're not moving. But if, uh, yeah, they're going to have to be watching. <laughs> like, right, you're not so, moved. you know, while they're you drinking their cocktail the that night, minutes. they're watching your little <laughs> dot on their phone. <laughs> I don't know why it's not moving for the last half an hour. <laughs> I mean, a friend of mine was on a big cycle ride with a friend. And at the very end, they said, one guy said, I'm going home. And the other one said, oh, I'm just going to do an extra 30. Yeah. So they split up. The guy who did his extra 30 was coming down a very, very, very steep hill. Yeah. And there was a speed bump. Yeah. With it was unmarked, yeah. and he hit the speed bump really fast, and was by himself. They know what time it was because his watch stopped at the time that he had the accident. Oh, but a couple was having their morning coffee mm-hmm. and sitting there, and the woman said she looked out the window, and there was this bloody zombie walking up their driveway. Oh, and he was still walking. He, okay, but he was on like semi-conscious. He doesn't remember anything. Right. And uh, he walked up the driveway, and they called. 999 and but he was very seriously injured and they said they think he walked almost three miles to get to their house because it was the nearest house he should have had someone with him are you never going along doing any walks or anything i mean i do cycle back and forth to killarney but it's on a road you know that's i wouldn't is it it not as dangerous or even more you can you know you can get get hit by a car yeah but i mean i i wouldn't ride the ring of carry Mm-hmm. road at this time of year i usually stick to, unless it's like eight o'clock in the morning i i stick to yeah. the back roads yeah. um i think it'd be unlikely to get hit by a car on the back roads because you know people are yeah keeping an eye out because they're looking for sheep you might they might hit a sheep so nobody's zooming around a turn because they yeah. don't want to hit a sheep yeah yeah there's, there's and two. i wear bright colors flashing light i mean i'm i'm yeah. as one of my neighbors said i'm lit up like a christmas tree and that's the way to go. That's mm-hmm. the way to go. So you wouldn't necessarily consider cycling in Ireland as dangerous on the on the roads. No, my husband doesn't even know how to drive. He only cycles. Right. So I think I think cycling is safe. Now I also think that there's certain times a year and there's certain roads. Yes. That may not be the safest. Yeah. At certain times of day. I think and I think that the what I would say is in the in the rush hours when the people are getting to or from work. Mm-hmm. They're kind of in their, like, a blinkers on, and I'm just going to go here and there, and nothing nothing matters. They're kind of in their own bubble from the office yeah. into the car and kind of completely oblivious of everything. That's and especially in, in the morning and in the night when they're coming back and forth, the sun is at the lowest point, right in their eyes. Precisely. And, yeah. and, and I, I have a story. I don't remember if I already shared that on the podcast. And uh, there is a there is a a guy who runs regularly the 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 road uh from Tralee to Phoenix mm-hmm. and I uh I I you know he's he's there I, I'm seeing him very often and one day I was driving and like you said the sun is very low and it and it just right you know it's just in front of you so you don't really see much and this guy he's not wearing anything you know that will allow to be seen and i noticed him the moment my my review mirror was was maybe i don't know 20 centimeters from him i was i was terrified i smashed the 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 the, the signal i started honking and just to kind of let him know he probably thought i'm just an asshole 
but I couldn't see him. Yeah. I just couldn't see him. I just noticed him in the moment I he he almost broke off my rearview mirror. I said, Jesus, he should like Well, you I was have watching a sun a, behind you, like I had somebody I was watching someone right in front of me the other day. I was on Dingle going around a circle. Yeah. And a guy on a bicycle was he was approaching the car. So the car was in the circle. So he was not moving. But yeah. the cyclist came up from behind and then there was a drain. So the cyclist went in towards the car instead of just stopping and waiting so he could go through. He went in towards the car. Yeah. But since it was a circle, the car was at an angle. So when he started moving forward, his back end. Yeah. And I'll tell you, the guy, it was less than an inch. Yeah, yeah. Be safe out there, folks. It is. Be Wear safe. reflective gear. and. Uh... Okay, Susan, so... We're gonna we're gonna be wrapping this up. So ju just to just to finish off, for somebody who wanna visit Kerry, and uh, how how the ideal maybe maybe how the short trip and how the ideal trip should look like. Well, so I obviously, would say obviously it's it's it ideally it's like coming back year after year yeah. after year, right? And learning a place. Uh, yes, but I think it, ideally the one thing I'd say if someone said you know hey I want to come to Kerry I'm flying in Ryanair into Farron for Kerry Airport. What, what should I do? The first thing I'd say is go into the hinterlands, into a village. You know, go beyond Killarney, beyond Tralee. No offense to the, you who lives in Tralee. But go into the smaller villages. Go into Anna School on yeah. Dingle. Or go into uh, Kalorglan or Glen Bay or Valencia yeah. Island. Go yeah. to the outskirts and really get to where every single village has good hill walks. You know, mm. they're not all famous, but trust me, they're all good. Yeah. There's yeah. some great hill walks. And there's actually a really cool one that I recommend outside of Kersavine that's a pilgrim path. Right. And it goes up the ridge of a mountain. Yeah. So you can see, drop off one side goes towards the sea. The other side goes towards the mountains. The view yeah. is fantastic. There's crosses all the way up the stations of the cross for catholics yeah and you, you can do the stations up the cross and they've been there since the 1880s wow. and then at the very top there's a white marble cross that's about 25 feet tall yeah it's just amazing and then two lakes behind it looking right. down on it. it's just uh, the helicopter went by one day when we were there and it was everyone's looking in the sky couldn't find the helicopter for the coast guard it was <laughs> below us <laughs> that's how high the hill was and it's a pilgrim path called knock Right. So right. you have to look that one up. Great pronunciation. <laughs> and obviously hire a guide. Yeah, I think it's worth it. I really do. You know, bring a couple friends, you know, and then split the cost. What would be what would be the resource to find on the internet to get more information outside of obviously of, uh, of your blog? Oh, I'd say there's a the first, first I think of, there's first a, of all, Go Carry. Yeah. Is that you know, do you know yeah. that one? Yeah. Yeah, I think Go Carry. And I think it's uh, gocarry.ie. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And so you mentioned to go outside Killarney and Tralee, and I don't know if you agree with that. I kind of feel like every kind of town, which is like a hub of for tourists, it kind of loses its 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 climate. It becomes the same. It's all the same because it's meant for, for tourists, for travelers. So you have pubs and you have place to work and you have hotels. And you have, so then you're not really seeing anything new. You see the same right. thing as everywhere, everywhere else. I, I, would, would you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, and, and another thing that's about going into the mil you know, a village or something like that, like there's an area called Drummond that's yeah. in the middle of the Iverau Peninsula, in the middle of the Ring of Kerry. 
And there's actually a hostel. So when you're walking from Killarney on the Ring of Kerry and go through the Black Valley, which is gorgeous, and I've had one person tell me it's the prettiest thing they've ever seen, and someone else said it was the most depressing thing they've oh. ever seen. So I think it depends on the weather. Yeah, on but the weather, um, yeah. but Drummond Hostel, it's in the middle of the hill walking area, and yeah. there's not even really a village. It's just a tiny little yeah. hamlet, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's all kinds of places that aren't big. You might not have live music seven nights a week, but you're going to have spectacular yeah, yeah. community. Yeah. And what do you think? Well, how would what, what you would you recommend? What would be the ideal length of time to come to Cary? Would it be a week or two weeks? Well, or? I think it depends because I know I talk to a lot of hillwalkers that are doing the whole Cary way, mm-hmm. and a lot of them say, "I can't talk to you any longer. I'm too busy. I'm rushing from one bed and breakfast to the other." And they're trying to do the whole Cary way in about eight days, nine days, and they're okay. rushing. Right, which is so not, I, not so, fun. Yeah, the best I've the ones we I've talked to who that. enjoy it the most are the ones that do half of it in a week. All right, and then they come back another year and do the other half. Okay. Yeah. All come for two weeks. Right. Or three and have a. Break but not too many people have a two week break or a three week break. Yeah. All but right. that's what I say. At least you know you need days to really explore it. And another thing I like about, it, especially if you stay in the same place, I tell. People, the first night you go to the pub and everyone says hello. Mm-hmm. The second night you go to the same pub and everyone says, oh, you're back again. <laughs> and then you say, well, yeah, I'm here for three nights. And they're, they're, they appreciate that there's someone staying and enjoying yeah. the area. And yeah. so then the third night when you go back to the pub, you're their friend. You're the friend. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's fantastic. So yep. we thoroughly recommend Visit Carrie. Oh, it's, yeah. It's beautiful. And we have Cary Airport. Yeah. We've got trains from Dublin. There's a ferry that can take you here. There's you can all even kinds take of a flight from Dublin to, to yep. Cary Airport. That's how I go when I go back to the States yeah. to visit yeah. family. I yeah. fly to Dublin Airport from here. Yeah, exactly. They're like, they, they, these flights are not necessarily great. They're more meant for business, right? So so somebody had to go to But to I'd Dublin. say anybody. You know, should look at them. I know that each time I try when I'm when I'm flying to Poland, it's always like, oh, no, it doesn't work. It's either you know arrive too late or what some something else. But yeah, if you're if you're planning longer trip, then then for sure. Yep. All right. Susanna, well, thanks. Any, any any closing thoughts? Well, I just think I have a little hashtag that I've sort of created on Instagram and Twitter, and it's hashtag Never Leave Carrie. Never leave Carrie. <laughs> there you go. So let's look for that and let's use that hashtag. That's it. Come visit and use the hashtag. Come visit and use the (laughs) hashtag. Suzanne, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Oh, I guess one more quick thing. There you go. You're not made of sugar. You won't melt. Yeah. Think of that when you're in the rain. That's it. That's what my Irish grandmother used to say. Oh, yeah. And and (laughs) you you know, like like my my friend uh, gone to Oman, right? And it was like, oh, beautiful weather and all that. And after a couple of of weeks or maybe was it a month, we were posting photos from Ireland. It's like, oh, really miserable weather, whatever. And he like commented like, oh, my God, there's rain. I'm missing rain. I miss rain. (laughs) (laughs) So great. Oh, great. It was nice to meet you. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing you on a hill sometime. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thanks. You just listened to an archived episode of the Tommy's Outdoors Conservation and Science Podcast. I invite you to take a moment and listen to one of the most recent episodes. I'm sure you'll enjoy it.